You are listening to Right Off the Bus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 29. Pat's already episode 29. It is Wednesday, July 14th. I'm here, Chandler Hutchinson, with my wonderful co host, Pat Mahoney. Pat, what's going on, man? I don't know. We're back. We're back here on this fine tuesday evening where it'll be wednesday when you're listening but uh everything is good everything is good sometimes the timelines don't match up when we speak on this podcast i think about no. it when i listen to it i'm like i'm like man we are confusing to listen to sometimes but we are here you're going to be listening to it at some point wednesday thursday friday we appreciate you listening guys pat we were talking about we don't have much going on unfortunately but uh you know i was saying i'm feeling good man i'm getting my mileage back up the past couple days two four mile runs back to back i went to the rock gym this morning on my day off so man i'm, I'm chilling i'm feeling good i got uh, two of those wonderful emails we're not moving forward with your application this week too you know so we're chilling man we're i've received chilling. many of those in my <laughs> life so it's yep. it's no worries for definitely months months at a time so no worries there more, you know it's all good <laughs> that's such a that's such a bad experience but like i feel like everyone should have to go through it at some point just oh, yeah. like well we go our whole lives trying to understand rejection and rejection is a good thing to grow from so it's okay to get rejected from places and you know what it, that's a wisdom. it's gonna work out for a reason somewhere some way eventually it just takes time i guess i didn't want to work there anyways yeah new ins- <laughs> inspirational start to the podcast that's what we're going for Dude, what I'm uh, here for. We might have to start inspirational every time. That's, that's nice. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm good because uh, th- like the sports world's always crazy in June. I feel like I, every year. I mean, there's a lot going on. Like the Stanley Cup playoffs just ended. Basketball is ending now. But then you had like the Euros. You had Wimbledon. If you even, I I don't really watch tennis, but it's just, there's just a lot of sports going on. So it's a good time of year. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, Pat, let's dive into some headlines. You brought up tennis. Uh, Novak. Djokovic, he just won his like 20th yeah. whatever super title. I don't I know what it is in tennis anymore, but he ties Nadal uh, Federer. For Grand Slam. All- yeah, for some all-time records, man. That dude's a legend that wasn't on here, but shout out tennis, man. You know, yeah, the tennis. other guys were bounced early if I uh, if I saw it correctly. I don't watch tennis much, but uh, I saw Nadal and Federer went out well before they were supposed to. And then Djokovic won again, like I feel like he always does. Like he's probably gonna he, he's probably gonna win the next thing too. I mean, Djokovic is unbelievable, and I feel like he's been unbelievable since I was like in eighth <laughs> grade. <whole> <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. It's like it was like Federer and then Nadal and then Djokovic. Those were like the three biggest guys that came along. Yeah, man, absolutely, absolute legends right there on that list. Now, Pat, let's get into it. The MLB All Star Break going on, and really, what we want to touch on is the home run derby because let's face it, that's the entertaining part of MLB All Star Weekend, and only if the right people are in it, and the right people were Pat, man, and Pete Alonso. Did you watch him in that first round? Yeah, Just he put on a show the entire time. I mean, he's unbelievable most home runs ever in a home run derby, like over the couple of rounds, like he just destroyed the ball. I didn't know he set one, the Mets single season record for home runs, his rookie year. And also the rookie home run record, his rookie year with 53 when he run the, when he won the home run derby. I remember he hit a lot. I didn't remember it was 53 though. I remember he was absolutely crushing the ball. Yep. Then one, one, and then he just won another home run derby beat some, Pretty uh, big names too, Juan Soto, Shohei Otani. So some big names to beat out. Absolutely, man. And I gotta tell you, um, as as much as as much fun as this is, I turned this off after Otani got out. Like he went into that triple overtime, yeah, same here. Extra swings with Juan Soto, and Soto was just connecting beautifully at the end. Those three mm-hmm. home runs on that three swing finale. But man, Otani was done. That was the end of the first round. I was like, all right, I'm gonna throw on some FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was uh he was the show for the night. And the home run derby, like many things, is not what it once was. And it's just not as entertaining to watch anymore. So I uh I shut it off as well. I was right there with you. Otani was good. Soto was good. Beyond that, I just I looked who won after. I got a sports center notification that mm. Pete Alonzo won. So that was that for me. I know my experience with the uh 
the home run derby is watch the first round, go do something else and get Pete Alonzo wins and me going, Oh, nice. You know? Yeah. And great. That's kind of the extent. It's like a golf clap situation. <laughs> There's not much else you can do to, to support that. It's you're not pumped about anything. Even if a guy from the Red Sox won, I'm not pumped. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Pat, what about uh, what about Stephen A. Man? Just another foot in the mouth. Shoyotani can't be the face of baseball because he doesn't speak English. You know, I didn't think this was as big of a deal. Like, I didn't think this comment should have gotten this much publicity. But I guess it really offended people. You know, can't argue against that. But I think what he meant was it's harder for an athlete that doesn't speak English to become the face of a sport. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what he was trying to go with. But you know, just just didn't quite come out all right. And it was like a few days that actually were going really well for Stephen A too. Like they brought him for analysis on the McGregor Poirier card at UFC 264. And last time they had Stephen A and brought him in, which was at Connor's fight versus Donald Cerrone. Everyone hated it. And like, he didn't do well, but so they brought him in this time and everyone was kind of expecting the same. And they were like, why did I see Stephen A here? He's not a fighting guy, but I mean with ESPN and he came out and, he did a really good job. So it was, it started out really good. Like he did good in the space where people thought he was going to fail. And then I don't know, 48 hours later, he goes and tweets about this nonsense or he didn't tweet about it. He said it on the, on his show with, uh, with Kellerman. So I, I don't know. It's, it was a tough week for Stephen A. It, those are bad comments, but I hope like, I hope we'll just move on from it. And I yep. agree with you as well. Yeah. And I will say too, man, this man works hard. He was in Vegas one night for the UFC. The next night he was in Milwaukee for NBA finals game three. And then the next night he was in Colorado for the home run derby. And then today he's in New York city doing his show. I mean, that's four days in a row. Yeah. He's, he's one of the hardest workers they got over there. That's for sure. I think he had to be to get to the point he's at now. Earning that twelve million dollar deal, he man. definitely That's is. Really like he, he's earned every dime of that. I <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> All right, man. And just last thing on the uh, MLB All Star Weekend, real quick. I'll say I'm just amped to see Rafi Devers and Xander Bogarts in that starting lineup. Xander hitting third, Rafi hitting fifth. Rafa's leading our team in home runs, man. They're both playing great. Red Sox, best record in the AL. Just wanted to shout them out. You know, I got the big poppy jersey on, Pat. You know, and I got my little magazine and a frame of Manny Ramirez up there. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the OGs 24 and 34, man. Love to see the Sox getting represented. Yeah, we got to shout out our uh, our New England teams. But I, I like that you got the name on the jersey because I have a real problem with jerseys that don't have the names on them that are just like blank. But it's it's like a hundred bucks for those on the MLB shop. Or you at least got the number. That's what I mean. Right, like at right, least yeah. the number on MLB shop, those are like a hundred. And then if you get a name on it, it's like 150. It's crazy. Yeah. It's uh, I got a real problem with it. <laughs> I'm with you too. This one's been in my family for however long. Cause you know, David Ortiz, it was probably bought in like 2005. So I think I'm like the fourth person to have worn it out of my brothers, you know, but nonetheless, man, still nice and shiny, no stain. So, so we're still rocking the poppy Jersey. I ruined. I, that's another thing. I ruined all the clothes I have. So mm-hmm. I just got a new crew neck. I went out last Saturday, destroyed. Like <laughs> I don't, I, Potentially the stains might have come out, but uh, for now it's destroyed. Not looking good. No. So the fact that you've kept that thing crystal white as it is, you look good over there. (laughs) I will say, man, I was not allowed to wear white for a large portion of my childhood. Like my, like I wasn't put in anything white because I just stained everything. So this is, this is some real character development here for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, every, you know, we see it in sports too. They wear the white jerseys and they're destroyed every game. It's like, I don't know how they, if they're just washing them or somehow just buying new jerseys all the time. I don't know. Probably with the 150 bucks I'm paying on the MLB.com shop. That's probably where they're getting the funds for that. Absolute heist. Absolute heist paying all of Rob Manfred's <laughs> salary. It's just not right. All right, Pat, let's move on, man. Men's Olympic basketball team. Pat, why don't you take it away on this one, man? I don't even know if I can say it. This is just this no, it's is not good. I I grew up and the players we had, like we just did not lose. Yeah, I don't even think in exhibition games. I mean, I was young growing up, but I don't remember them losing ever, even if it was just an exhibition game. So the fact that I mean, we've kind of got a, a weird roster situation. I mean, we have great players, but it's not like every star in the league like it used to be. We had LeBron, CB3, like you had the whole banana boat crew. Like now, I mean, we have Durant, we have Lillard, we have Tatum, 
but our centers, Bam out of bio, and then we I got some other guys. I I don't even know. But we lose to Nigeria and Australia. I think those aren't two like huge, you know, basketball nations. Aaron Baines is their center. I mean, in, in Australia, and then I think uh, Nigeria. And Joe Ingles for Australia. yeah. Ben yeah. Simmons isn't even playing. No, and they, that'd be reasonable if they had Ben Simmons too. As much hate as Ben Simmons is getting right now, he would make their team a lot better. So. I don't know. I don't know if we should be alarmed about the U.S. team, if it's just exhibition, we're getting the kinks out. I mean, these guys are probably tired. They just played an entire NBA season. So coming coming to this, I don't know. Yeah, I will say there's absolutely no excuse for them losing. Um, they absolutely should win every game. I don't know what the split was on the Australia game, but the U.S. was a 28-and-a-half-point favorite against Nigeria. I think it was uh, like 92-83 or something like that. It wasn't back. It wasn't like close, you know, I mean, it wasn't a blowout, but it wasn't close. Yeah. But I mean, this is unacceptable, dude. The U S D E F and G teams should all win Olympic gold. And that's not an exaggeration. I mean, the worst player on this roster is Kevin love. He would start on every single other roster in the world. In the, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. Jeremy Grant is the second worst player on this team. He would start on every single other Olympic team in the world. And yeah, that's not absolutely. an exaggeration. No. So the fact that they couldn't get it going, now Jason Tatum's out day to day. You know, I, I will say they, they're missing three guys. They're mm-hmm. missing Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Devin Booker. Guess what? You still have three other NBA guys filling in for them. Yeah. <laughs> there's no it's not like there's, it's, there's no lacking of talent whatsoever. Kevin Not at Grant. all. Yeah. Damn. And Damn. I'm, wor- I'm worried about coming up against Luca and oh, is it Slovenia? Is that where he's from? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If we got to come up against them the way we look now, Luca's going to drop four, a 40 point triple double on us. Oh, dude, it's going to be tough. And, uh, <laughs> you put on here Popovich, man. What did Pop have to say? Uh, to uh, he, was, he was just was not happy. The reporter said some snarky comment, and Popovich was not happy about it, which is understandable. It was like uh, reporters have a habit of doing that, asking extremely obnoxious questions just to like try to get, I don't know, try to get their ego across or their point across. Mm-hmm. But it happened in, uh, it happened at the UFC press conference. Like every, the media was particularly harsh against McGregor mostly but uh yeah for this i mean popovich doesn't stand for much crap anyways i think as it is throughout all his spurs teams and now coaching usa over uh taking over for coach k it's just uh i don't know they're probably getting the kinks out i'd be annoyed too yeah i'd be annoyed but i will say uh the u.s team will not lose another game starting right now um, they are going to not lose another exhibition game and they are going to sweep and destroy everyone in the Olympics. I got to imagine they'll still win gold. I mean, I think, I think they'll still win gold. Like I said, I think they're getting the kinks out. These guys just played an entire season. They don't play as a team. Typically they're all from different teams. So, I mean, I guess that goes for all the other countries too, but I'd like to think more excuses I'll come up with that we're, uh, that we're not going to lose another game. I mean, if we lose to Argentina tonight in an exhibition game that doesn't have prime Manu Ginobili and prime Luis Scola stepping out. Yeah, that roster over. used to scare me. That roster <laughs> used to scare me. Like, I, I, was, I was like, if there's any teams that could beat us, it was Argentina or Spain with the Gasol brothers, and that was it. And then they got, like, Ricky Rubio. So beyond that, in Argentina with prime Manu and Scola, there was just – there was no other countries that stood a chance. There is, there is a lot of talent spread out now as opposed to like even you know 10 15 years ago yeah no, it's a little bit the gaps closing and everything yeah yeah no i i absolutely agree there basketball's been around a lot longer everywhere else now too you know it's mm-hmm. not just the american sport anymore pat why don't you bring us to this next headline man mcgregor poirier the trilogy ends maybe question mark <laughs> yeah that was just that was just tough yeah, you're right. Yeah, because he said he might want the rematch or Dana might want him. And that was another thing with those reports. It was like, oh, Dana says he wants the rematch. And then I went back and listened to the press conference. He didn't, he didn't say that. He was like, oh, well, you know, we'll see how it plays out. He said it's a possibility. It's not like, oh, he wants that. I mean, he probably does because he, he kind of broke his leg and you don't know. I technically don't know what was going to happen. I mean, it's fighting. Anything can happen, but. Dustin was saying, you know, second round, nothing changes. Connor saying, oh, if we got to that second round, that's that's when I finish you. And like his coach was uh, his coach was saying, yeah, like I really like the spot we were in until he broke his leg. 
but it's I don't know the judges two judges had Poirier winning 10 to 8 in in the round then the other had it 10 9 for Poirier I probably would have saw it 10 9 I would I don't think I would have given him the 10 8 but yeah I mean Connor seems to be at a low point and I thought he should have retired just stayed retired a while ago he came back and beat Cerrone and I was excited about it but then I knew Dustin was going to be a tough matchup again when they came around this time because I've been following Dustin since I got into the UFC and he has gotten a lot better. And I remember fight, watching him fight like Max Holloway and becoming an interim champion. He's just had, he's fought in everyone who's there in the division. He, he's, he's beat most of them besides like Khabib, no. who nobody beat. Obviously, he was 29 to 0. So I, at this point, I hope Connor just like, I hope he just retires or he takes like the trilogy fight with Nate Diaz and those guys retire after that. But beyond those two options, I don't want to see Poirier a fourth time unless he were to be another guy and then get to a title shot, like maybe. But again, those are my two primary options are Nate Diaz trilogy and then retire or just retire. He, yeah. he broke his leg. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what's so tough. Like you said, I mean, Poirier was winning the round. I'm with you. I thought I would have scored that round 10-9. I, I didn't see that much dominance outside of the break. Mm-hmm. If you if you include the break into this analysis, then yeah, I give it to Nate because <laughs> that's tough. one guy can't fight, right? And that's, you know, it, it happened, you know. And mm-hmm. ah, man, it was so tough to watch. But Connor really does seem at a low point, man. I mean, you're on the ground with your ankle snapped, dangling, man, limp. And you're yelling, Dr. Stoppage, Dr. Stoppage. And you're still calling him out and you're still yelling your wife's in my DMs. Like, what is going on with this guy? It is scary where he's at right now. And I'll tell you, I think he should be retired as well. I don't think he will. But Poirier said, man, we're fighting again. He said, whether it's in the street, in the octagon, we're fighting again. Yeah. I, I beg you, Dustin, just go for the title and not McGregor for a fourth time. You've made your point. You've won the last two. Dude, go for the title. It's there. You are ready. Just no more McGregor fights for Poirier. It does not benefit him. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. We don't want to see Connor retire. Like, I'm a big Connor guy, and I, I don't agree with anything that he said after the fact, like telling him he was going to kill his wife and him in, in bed. What? That was a little too much. And, but like, I'm a big Connor guy, and I don't want to see him retire one in three against Dustin Poirier, having lost three in a row. And yeah, and he's lost to like the who's who of people. I mean, he's lost to Khabib and then Dustin twice. And that's, I think those are his last three losses. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are top tier talent. Like that's the cream of the crop in the UFC, but he still is at a low point because it's just not what everyone expects of Connor. No one wants to keep seeing Connor lose. And he did break his leg, which is really bad. I think he got paid. Like it was reported like 20 million after pay-per-view buys and stuff. So it, I, fighting for 20 million i mean i probably want to come back too but he has so much money and after the i think if he hadn't broken his leg and he actually fought i think there was an even better chance of it he was definitely going to come back if he lost but didn't break anything but now that he broke anything like i would just rather not see him come back connor is nearing celebrity fighting as his next path Connor is nearing Jake Paul, Logan Paul. That's because he can't compete with the top guys in his weight class right now. And and that's simply how it is. It has not gone well. Yeah, he's he's in the best division. It's like he's not active enough. And he's had like three fights in four years. He's taken time off. He did the Floyd thing. He's had his injuries. But, man, he is here's nearing a scary, scary portion of his career. And, uh, you know, I hope he turns it around, but otherwise stay retired. And, uh you know, I did just mention Jake Paul real quick. I saw a video, man, of him and Woodley going at it uh, before a fight. And Jake Paul said, if I beat you, you have to get I love Jake Paul tattooed and vice versa. If you beat me, I'll get I love Tyron Woodley tattooed on me. And Tyron was hesitant. And Jake said, yo, if you're confident, do it. He's like, all right, bet. So I'm I'm excited for the post. I can guarantee now. that. <laughs> I can guarantee Tyron Woodley is not going to get a tattoo of Jake Paul. I can guarantee. There's no way. He'll be like, I right, bet. But like. If he loses to Jake, he's not he's not getting that tattoo. They There's no way on it on camera, man. Or beyond like that, like he had to get like his nickname, Problem Child. That would be so oh, much man. worse. Yep. 
Jake Paul's, I hate, he's just walking around with like a Mickey Mouse bag because he owns it that people call him like a Mickey Mouse celebrity or whatever. It's it's so dumb. But I do not want to see Connor fight Jake Paul, but I wouldn't mind seeing him box because I kind of just see that as a whole separate thing. Like I say retire, but if he were, he was training to fight Manny Pacquiao, supposedly, I would, that'd be cool to see. I wouldn't mind that. And then he's 0 2 in boxing if he loses that. Okay. Yeah, in pubs, Stop that's not a great idea. Men. <laughs> in pubs, not a great idea. Yeah, no, man, it's it's tough. It's tough. All right. Yeah, it's now, tough for Connor, but I would just say Dustin's ne- his next fight's the title, and uh, yes, Connor won't be seeing Dustin for a long time if they do the fourth fight. I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. Moving on, Pat, two more headlines real quick. Washington football team announced that there will still be no team name or logo or mascot for another year. They said we're going to yeah. finalize it in 2022. Man, how long is this going to take? I mean, uh, this is this is getting ridiculous. Washington football team. I kind of feel like another team should do this. I feel like maybe we'll just have, you know, Massachusetts football team and New York football team. This is so, come on, man. You've had a year. And I was looking at this earlier and I was just annoyed. I was like, can you guys just figure out a team name? I guess they sent out uh, things to season ticket holders to ask recommendations. But uh, that one of the recommendations was like Warriors and they, they were like, that's a slippery slope. That's a little too close to, we don't want, I don't think they want anything close to yeah. Native American heritage. So. But I was like, you guys couldn't figure out a name in a whole like year and a half. Like it took, you know, we have to Who's wait another paid to figure this out. And I guess they have to do like logo and artwork and all that stuff. But they probably got entire teams for this. I mean, it's an NFL organization, you know. Dude, they are spending millions of dollars on this rebrand, and they haven't been able to do it, Pat. I mean, this this is absurd. Um, and I I don't know, man. They they just cannot figure it out. It's it's ridiculous. Just just name the team. Just name it. <laughs> It is. It is. I am so. I mean, that is Washington is a dysfunctional franchise. I know that's sneak peek. One of our listener questions. They are a dysfunctional franchise, and they're. I mean, I'm surprised they're getting it done as early as 2022. To be honest, I'm surprised it's not taking longer. But the good news is, Pat, to increase their diversity and get new voices, and the owner announced his wife onto the board to to bring in female influence. Oh, yay, the billionaire's wife. Yeah, keep it going. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, now they just got an absolute power (laughs) monopoly over at Washington, so that's great. Oh, man, Washington is as Washington does, I guess, Pat. Let's move on. Japan declares a state of emergency because of COVID, Pat. We thought we were past it. I guess we're not. No fans at the Olympics, man. We just went over a year without fans it has been so special having them back this just broke my heart to hear that there's no fans this is so sad yeah when i saw this i was upset too i was like really like we finally got fans back like ufc events mlb nba everything and then the biggest collective sporting you know i don't know what to call it sporting event i guess sporting tournament in the entire world maybe besides the world cup like world cup and the olympics it's that does suck. The Olympics is way bigger because it's all sports. So to see that with no fans was like, I'll say the biggest sporting event in the world. That's unfortunate. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Now, Pat, let's move on, man. We got ball. Don't lie. A little basketball coming up and you guys know what it is. It's NBA finals time, man. This has been a lot of fun to watch Pat just to get back to it. Pretty much. We said, if Giannis is healthy, we have different predictions. You said, if Giannis was healthy, sons at seven, I said, if Giannis is healthy, Bucks and six. Are you sticking with your prediction first before we get into this? Yeah, I'm looking good right now, and I know they'll play tonight, so I could be totally wrong, but uh, I still see Suns and six. I'm taking Suns and six. Not Suns and four, but Suns and six. They did lose. They they are playing Wednesday night. Yep, and um, I got to tell you, man, I'm sticking Bucks and six. I'm sticking Bucks and six, even though they were down 0-2. I know, I know everything that's been going on, man, but I'm just so confident in the fact that the Bucks have a better roster. And I think, I think that they win game four in Milwaukee, but man, like, are you really going to have Mikhail Bridges outplaying Chris Middleton for an entire series? Is that possible? Is Mikhail Bridges that good? Do we just not rate the Suns players where they should be? Is that like, I'm confused by the Suns team, Pat. They keep, they keep doing it. I'm very confused how they've continued to win series and continue to look extremely, extremely good doing it. And again, they did lose, but they won both in Phoenix. I think they're going to take 
game four tonight in Milwaukee. I think they're going to bounce back. Like, it, But it does depend on the play, and it's on the shoulders of Devin Booker. I mean, he played terribly in game three. Yeah. He had 10 points on three for 14 shooting, and then he got benched too. Three for 14 shooting, 10 points from the best player on your on your team, the best scorer at least. So it's not going to do it. And then Mikhail Bridges – like you were saying, relying on him too is tough because he had 27 points in game two and then he just had four in game three. So when you have Devin Booker and Mikael Bridges both fall off like that, of course you're not going to win. And it showed in the first two games they scored 118 points and then I believe in this one they only scored 100. Yeah, and man, game three was a dominant win. It was the biggest win of the series. Mm -hmm. Giannis just did everything he wanted on the court. Their complimentary players were playing well and Man, it just it goes back to home court advantage. I don't think people realize how significant it is. It England, is. England certainly didn't realize how significant it was. Pat, it, we'll they did not. They did not. But, but man, the Bucks being at home and not having that Phoenix crowd going at them, they won by 23, 24, something like that. Mm-hmm. That is a blowout, man. And, uh, you know, I was tweeting it out while I was watching the game, but people need to understand how special Giannis Antetokounmpo is. People don't put him in that top, top category like the LeBron, the Steph, the KD. Mm-hmm. Giannis is in that territory. Just because he doesn't shoot, just because he doesn't dribble fast enough between his legs for you and cross people up, th- this what's wrong with having Shaquille O'Neal as your best player? There's nothing wrong with it, man. Let me tell you this. In this series, Giannis is averaging 34.3 points. 14 rebounds, four and a half assists on 62 and a half percent shooting. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's incredible. The only players ever to have his stats in game three in a final series are Magic, LeBron, and Kevin Durant. He's the only player on his team with a positive plus minus. Not a single player on the Bucks has a positive plus minus except Giannis. And he hyperextended his knee at the He's end of the hurt. last series. Like, like, do injuries even exist anymore? Like, all these guys are just playing through injuries. It's incredible. And Giannis is doing this with, I, I mean, I guess his knee's fine, apparently, but he hyperextended his knee not that long ago. And here he is with the, with this stat line. And he's certainly not Robin, like Kendrick Perkins says. <laughs> like so he, is, he is so disrespectful. He is a menace on the court. It's unbelievable. And DeAndre Ayton, who's typically like a pretty decent uh, paint defender or a court defender, uh, or hoop defender. I'm just all over the place. You're but good, no matter what, he's a good paint defender. And Giannis made him look like Swiss cheese, essentially. Like he was just cutting him up all night. It was bad. I'm, I'm with you, dude. And I got to tell you, it's so much fun watching Giannis play center because this is what he should be doing in today's modern NBA. He should be playing center. They have PJ Tucker at the four and dude, big men can take the game back. Pat, that's another thing I'm realizing. Giannis is a big man. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, Jokic just won MVP. Aiton's doing his thing. I think that we're seeing a small resurgence of the big, even though it's the smallest basketball ever played right now, but Dude, I, like Giannis is so, so special and people are just mad because he's not a guard. People are mad because he can't shoot. Like you don't have to, you don't have to do these things to dominate basketball. Giannis mm-hmm. is doing it his way and he's doing it in a way that no one has done since Shaquille O'Neal, man. And I just wish this dude would get his respect. Like Giannis gets no respect. Back-to-back MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year. He's special, man. And is it just because he's in Milwaukee, which, is you know, it's just not a big market, not a big franchise. I mean, all these other games have celebrities on the sideline. Milwaukee has, like, David Bakhtiari or whatever. Is it, you know, the guy from the Packers. <laughs> Left tackle. Yeah, and that's, that's – you always see the clips of him and all these other courts, all these other teams have, like, big celebrities at their game. The Suns have Lil Wayne and whoever else. And then <laughs> – and then you go to the Bucks game and it's Dana Beers from Barstool and David Bakhtiari. <laughs> who look the same. I hope I'm saying his name right. Who look very similar. And Dana's wearing a Bakhtiari jersey. He's wearing a 69 Bakhtiari Bucks jersey. So that's who you have on the Milwaukee sidelines. I think that se- I think that speaks a little bit to why Giannis is uh, underrated. It's got to be it. It's got to. If he was playing on the Knicks, I think You're everyone. So right. Yeah, if he was playing on the Knicks, like it would be a huge thing. Imagine if he was in Anthony Davis's position 
in LA, right LeBron now, and Giannis right Giannis, now. Giannis would be considered the second best player in basketball. It would be unbelievable um, and most cool. popular. Yeah, without a doubt. And another thing that I thought while watching this game, Pat, and uh, this is just super random, but Mike Budenholzer looks like Milwaukee. Like he looks. <laughs> th- did like you tweet ex- that? I did. Yeah, he I looks saw that. Exactly like he should be coaching the Milwaukee Bucks. He like he does. Yeah, fans. he's very Milwaukee. Yeah, like you say his name, and I'm like, who? Like, but he's a yeah, he's a head coach of the well, one of the top two teams in the NBA. So, dude, it's so crazy. Like, yeah, they panned over some fans, and then like Budenholz, and I was like, he looks like one of them. Like, he looks like he's exactly where he should be. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Pat, who's winning Game Four then? Tomorrow night, it's when this podcast comes out. Wednesday night, Game Four, Milwaukee. Who's winning? Ah. Oh. It's Suns. Suns are good. The offense is going to be back. I think I think D-Book gets it together, and I think it's Suns 3-1 going back to Phoenix. I, I'm going to go Bucks. I'm going to go close game, though. I think Bucks by, like, eight. I don't think it's going to be a super dominant win, but I think they hold on at home because I am just a firm believer in home court advantage, yeah. especially in the finals and especially not having fans for a year. I just – I buy into it and I'm, I'm also rooting for Giannis. Clearly I just went on a monologue about him, but I love Giannis. He's a great guy. He's a great player. And I want him to get this ring. I want CP to get it so bad, but oh, mm-hmm. man, I, for I my like predi- for my prediction of six, it actually does work better if the Suns lose because then it'll be two, two, <laughs> and then they go back to Phoenix. But if they take a three, one advantage in Milwaukee and go back to mm-hmm. Phoenix, it's they'll probably just win it right there. You know, that's probably it. So. Yeah, this uh, this is the series right here. I think. I think that this game right here, three one, going back to Phoenix, man, that's that's impossible. Yeah, There's Milwaukee's got to win. It's a must win. One time ever, three one deficit in the finals. You know the story with LeBron. It's uh, it's only happened once for a reason. It's hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's LeBron. So if that happened with Giannis, and Giannis was able to pull that off, then I think people probably couldn't ignore him. Yeah, being down 2-0 and you win five or you win four of the next five, that's mm-hmm. uh that'd be pretty darn legit, man. Yeah. Pretty and he was shooting good. his free throws a little quicker too. He wasn't Two. taking as long. He's shooting 66% in, in that in the series, go. man. He's, if, yeah. he's getting it up. He's getting Giannis it up. is gonna be it's beloved up. if he like starts shooting free throws better. He's everyone's gonna love him. That's all it is. 70%. That's all you need, Giannis. He's just a 70%. meme because he takes 13 seconds at the line. Yeah, and I love too, they ask him, they're like Giannis, does it affect you? Like, do you hear it when the fans are counting? And he goes, yeah, there's 20,000 people <laughs> counting the it? 10. Of course yeah, I hear of course it. He, yeah. what, what do you mean? What do you think? Like, what do you think at that point is making him airball? You know, of course it's the crowd. They're counting to 13 and then he airballs. It's probably because even though he doesn't show it, his face is calm, cool, collected. He's not. I wouldn't be. I certainly would not be. 20,000 people yelling at him, man. I mean, what a stupid question. From and then you airball in the second free throw, just like, oh, you're like, I got to shoot another one. They say that there's no stupid questions, Pat, but that's just not true. That's just not true. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's very true. All right, Pat, anything else on basketball? Or are we moving on? No, I'm just excited for the rest of the series. And I think I it depends, but by the time we record next week, it could be over. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It absolutely could. Uh, it absolutely could, man. Time to move on. A little extra time, Pat. The Euros are over, man. Pat, how, how's your Italian buddy feeling right now? Is it? Oh, he's he's feeling good. He's feeling very good. He, I, I watched. He was live streaming it. He was. He had like a watch party, and he was on Twitch because he streams. And uh, so I watched him, and he was, and I had the game up at the same time. And even though there's like a slight delay on his stream, I, I kind of watch what happens. Then I look over, mm. and I said, "I'm like, oh, how will he react?" So it was funny. And when they won the, when they won in PKs, it was, uh, I was happy for him. You know, like I felt bad for England because they did really choke. But uh, and my girlfriend's granddad's straight from England, so I got, I got a root for them. And there's a lot of players from Man City there but I was happy for my buddy. It was, it was cool. He was, he was pumped. We should have had him on, man. How do, how do we miss that for this? We right? tried and then I went away and if I didn't miss two weeks, we would have had him on. I should have had him on tonight for the final, man. Yeah. He would have gave it's us his good. instant reaction. Well, his family's over in Italy right now and they were sending oh, him video. Yeah. They were sending him videos and, uh, it's crazy like they're going crazy all hours of the day over there and the boss was coming through with the team and they were that the streets were just filled like it was it was like a you know patriots uh super bowl parade but on a countrywide scale you know everyone in italy is just doing that 
they're probably still going two days yeah. later. It's like you just still <laughs> take New England and blow it up to the size of Italy, and then that's what you have just a nationwide Super Bowl Absolutely parade. Nuts. Absolutely <laughs> nuts, dude. That is awesome, dude. So obviously, England come out and score in the second minute, dude. Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw, yeah, beautiful cross, man. Yeah, oh, beautiful passing. Luke Shaw, first ever international goal for England, dude. Just could not believe it. I was at work and I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. I'm rooting for Italy. And I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. But the good news is, Pat, when you score that early, it's kind of like it's a zero zero game. Yeah. The England has to defend a lead and now they have to defend Italy going even harder for 88 minutes, 88 man. minutes. You know, obviously that crazy scramble happens and Bonucci, you know, ends up putting that in, which was beautiful to watch. I mm-hmm. just love watching defenders score. Yeah. And a I guy like Bonucci who's been there, he's just been there so many times. He's a veteran. He's just for his country. Like this could be his last run with the national team. I don't know. He could be in the World Cup, but it's one of them. So it was a cool moment for him. And to, to your point with 88 minutes and it's like a zero zero game. I mean, that's 88 minutes for something crazy like that to happen right. where the ball hits the post and then falls to the defender and just on a corner kick. So any, any set piece is dangerous and that was bound to happen at some point for one of the teams in the 88 minutes. It just happened to be Italy. Absolutely, man. And I mean, you put it on here, but England kind of had everything set for them, right? Pat? Yeah. I, I mean, said the this... stars aligned for him. I mean, they were, I think they played, Almost all there was like maybe two games they didn't play at Wembley, which is their games. Yeah, seven of eight games at their home stadium at England with fans back. I don't think fans were fully back allowed like the whole tournament, but for the semifinal and the final, there were over 60,000 people there. And you could see video of outside the gates. People were literally, I think, towards the end of the game, people were like bulldozing into the stadium, like running over security guards. So, I mean, you probably ended up with 80,000 people in the stadium. So you have all that. You have fans back. You have fans, too many fans for the stadium to even fit. And you score in the second minute, too. So you have a lead the entire game. And then they just, I mean, the stars were aligned. Like it was destined. Everyone said it's coming home. And then it's coming it's Rome. Rome. It's coming <laughs> Rome. Yep. So it's going, going back to Italy and England. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said to my buddy. I was like, how ironic. Like they're saying it's coming home when it's already at home because they're playing at Wembley. And then they have to see a leave instead of winning it and actually coming home, they have to see it leave England. Like it's five feet from their trophy case and it's, it's going to take off. How cool is it to watch um, Italy get engraved into the trophy? Like, yeah, at, they, like, those guys right are just on standby. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, It's like the golf tournaments too. Like they're on the 18th hole coming up and you see like the guy instantly mm-hmm. working away at it. They do it for the world cup euros. So. They're putting the ribbons in, and I'm like, what if they put the wrong color? What if they put them in the wrong order? It's yep. serious, serious stuff, man. Serious stuff. Shout it is. Those guys got to work people. fast. Those guys got to work very fast. Shout out to the trophy people, man. Absolutely. So, Pat, it obviously comes down to penalties. And the story here, man, I think there's two stories. One, where does Donnarumma rank in the best goalkeepers in the world? And two, Gareth Southgate, man, what was this penalty rotation you put out there? I love the move. You sub off Jordan Henderson and Kyle Walker for Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford. You're like, you know what? I'm going to put two forwards on for a midfielder and a defender. It was good on paper, right? It was good on paper. Absolutely. I'm with you, Gareth, man. And then the penalties come. Some some things happen. Harry Maguire's was beautiful, man. That was the best one. It was amazing. The center back. No, Kane buried his. Oh, Kane buried Kane. Kane and Maguire scored there, so they got two. And then it was uh Rashford, Sancho, and then uh Saka. So 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 riddle me this, Pat. You have Jack Grealish and Raheem Sterling, and you put in front of them a 23-year-old, a 21-year-old, and a 19-year-old. Saka takes the final penalty. He has never taken a penalty in his professional career. Never for Arsenal, never for England. And you put him up with the game on the line. A 19-year-old. What is wrong with you, Gareth? You had Raheem Sterling and Jack Grealish right there. Oh, dude, it's so frustrating. And it was, besides Rashford's, it was two really bad penalties. Like, Rashford hit the post, and that was very unlucky because he went the right way with it. But Sancho and Saka's penalties were not good. Sancho being the worst of the three, but... 
yeah, like, I mean, to your point, never had a penalty. He's 19 years old and you're going to put him at the last penalty spot, right. With the pressure on that's in front of, again, you know, 60 plus thousand of your own fans. There were some Italians there too, but mostly England. And obviously I'm biased here, Pat, but one of the subs they did, they subbed Jordan Henderson on at halftime and then subbed him out two minutes before the end of the game so that it would be for the penalty shootout to put in Sancho mm-hmm. and Rashford. Do you not want a 28-year-old international and club captain who's won things, has all the experience in the world? He missed a penalty early in qualifiers for England, mm-hmm. but they were up. It didn't matter. Yeah. Wouldn't you want that guy taking it over a 19-year-old that's never taken a single penalty? And Gareth Southgate knows that. You yeah, know like the I'm... stats on all these guys. Mm-hmm. You know that. I'm sure Jordan Henderson can score a penalty. You know, it's not like he missed one to your point, but I would still rather him over a 19-year-old. And Sancho too, honestly. I yeah, know. Sancho too. Unproven and unproven in penalty shootouts. Jordan Henderson, yeah, he's a veteran. He's been around forever. Yeah, Captain maybe. for a long time. All right, Pat. So where does Donnarumma rank in the world's best goalkeepers? I still have Allison, Ederson, and Jan Oblak over him, but I think fourth is pretty darn good for a 22, 23-year-old goalkeeper. Yeah, Donnarumma's got to be top five. He's I think he's he's above Courtois at this point. Um I think Casper Schmeichel should be up there. He's very yep. underrated. Casper Schmeichel's very good. Player uh, is kind of Jordan Pickford for England too. He's looking a lot, but he's looking better. He's he's looking pretty good. He's gonna he be is. very good as he gets older too. But Donnarumma, like especially for his age, yeah, twenty two years old, unbelievable. He's younger than both of us, and he's fills, yeah. fills the goal, man. He's huge. He's like six five, and he saves that penalty from Saka. And he just walks off so casually, just no excitement. He just walks away. He's like, I've, I'm, I've been here. This is what I do. This well, it was funny. I, I actually saw. So that's what I thought, too, because my buddy was like, act like you, you. he's like, that's the definition of act like you've been here before. Give you experience that. And uh, he actually said in a quote, he quote was quoted as saying he didn't know they had won. He, he didn't realize he that. Yeah, he didn't want to like jump the gun or anything. He didn't realize they had won, so he walked away like all cool. And then his teammates started grabbing him, and I was like, "Cause in the moment, I was like, that's crazy. He just walked away. That was savage.' But uh, I, he didn't realize they had won. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, dude. that was like a cool guy. Don't look at explosions kind of moment. It was. Like, I know. He shouldn't have said mind. anything. He should have just let us think. He walked away, just <laughs> so savage. And what? What's crazy about that too is Jordan Pickford's save before that was electric with all the oh, English fans, and he saved that penalty right before that. Oh, so cool! Yeah. The fist pump, everyone was jumping, and the Donnarumma just broke all their hearts. So I got to tell you, Pat, um, I was like explaining to my family. I got home from work, and we were like going to eat dinner, but I was explaining to them why I had to watch this, and I was like telling them, I was like, I hate Jordan Pickford because. In Liverpool's second or third game of the year, he destroyed Van Dyke. Van Dyke was out for a year, ruined Liverpool. I was like, I hate him. I hate him. No Pickford. And then he's just playing off his head. Yeah. Dude. He was unbelievable. Shout out to Pickford, man. He was, mm-hmm. he was yeah, in the tournament, he really shined. There's a lot of players who really shine just in world tournaments, like Thomas Rodriguez. That's the one that comes to mind. And then they get a big transfer. But uh Pickford's already got his big club, but he just he showed out. Without a doubt, man. And Pat, Italy's the World Cup favorite. I'm 100% with you. You said it last week. I'm I'm agreeing with you. They have it, to man. be. They haven't lost a game, and I think it was uh, 2018. It's it's been like a little over a little over two years. They haven't lost a game. It's unbelievable. 36 undefeated run or something like. It's crazy. And they sure looked like they were going to get that first loss in the final, and they didn't. I think they got to be World Cup favorites at this point. I'm so happy for Benucci. Kaylini, like I'm just so happy I'm, for I'm curious where their rankings will go to and uh where Belgium will be as well. I don't know if they've updated them yet. I don't know how often they do that, but I want to keep I want to see how high Italy is now. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I'm I'm with you there, man. Pat, let's move on. Copa America be interesting to see where these two teams rank in the world rankings too. Argentina yeah, beats Brazil one nothing. Pat, that Angel Di Maria goal was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it was. That was just like and I wrote this down to talk about later, but Di Maria is now 10th all time for Argentina in goals. 
this this dude needs to get his international flowers because he just won Copa America. Like the story is Messi gets his Copa. Mm-hmm. Di Maria put in a ridiculously hard goal, and his international legacy needs to be boosted because it that goal be. was special. Yeah, special. As important as it was for Messi, he didn't score, and Di Maria was the one to get the job done. Their defense got the job done as well. I mean, holding yes. Brazil to no goals, but Di Maria's got to get the shine for that. Without a doubt, without a doubt, and obviously, dude. The story, it's Messi. He gets his international trophy. What was the one knock against Messi? No international No international, trophy. yep. If you had any argument for Ronaldo in the GOAT conversation, that is now over. I love Ronaldo. I'm a Ronaldo guy through and through, but Messi got the one thing Ronaldo had over him, and Messi's the undisputed GOAT. Messi was already the GOAT, and then yes. he checked off the last box. Like that's, That was all that was that's, missing. That's pretty special. Man. He has everything else. He <laughs> has everything else. And I will say a comment. I, I When I went on Twitter or Instagram, I was like, I already know. Like, I can't wait to see what the Ronaldo fans have to say because every comment is just like, oh, Pessi can't do this. Pinaldo can't. It's just so dumb. And then the first comment I see, Pat, is, Ronaldo winning Euros is like Leicester winning the Premier League and Argentina winning Copa is Bayern winning Bundesliga. Well, I do agree that it's harder to win Euros. Beating Brazil is as good as beating Germany, Belgium, France, any and all Absolutely. of the above. The correct comparison would have been Spain because it's Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico won this year, but then everyone else. Mm-hmm. That would be the correct comparison, not Bundesliga, but this 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 cements it, man. Messi's the GOAT, and it's not close. It's not bad to be the second best ever. I say it all the time on this podcast. Ronaldo's the second best ever at his profession. That's pretty good, man. That's really Absolutely. good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Ronaldo's got his whole set of highlight real plays. Messi's got his. And that's what I see too now that they're later in their careers. Is that we just why don't we just stop and enjoy what they're doing in the sport because eventually they're going to be gone and we won't have them anymore. And there might be something similar to it someday, but there's never going to be another, you know, messy Ronaldo rivalry. So enjoy it for what it is because they're both getting old. Ronaldo's what? 34 years old might even be out at events. Yeah. He's going to be turning 35 soon. And we don't know where his next club's going to be. If he's going to move on from Juventus, because there's rumors that he might it's, I mean, it's coming to an end right in front of our eyes. So I definitely like for the last five years have been appreciating it a lot more. Yeah, man. Appreciate greatness, man. It is what it is. It, it, they're unbelievable. Like you said, there's never going to be a soccer rivalry like that again. Never. Mbappe Holland is not, it's just, it's not no, messy at all. No, man. there won't it's, be. There's, there's nothing even close. Not even Pele Maradona, man. Both this guys is, coming up when they were like 16, 17 and just instantly making an impact and going to the biggest clubs in the world special man special 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 players and pat you threw it on here too your boy aguero man i know you want to show him some love yeah it was good to see him win and that was the thing with england losing too is that like sterling raheem sterling lost the champions league final and then he loses the euro final a month later that is kyle walker kyle walker too phil foden that is devastating and so i was happy that i didn't have to see aguero lose another final at least like that was the silver lining aguero went through a lot he's leaving man city he lost the champions league final so for him to win an international cup before he makes his move to uh barca yeah so oh yeah it was messi his teammate now potentially unless uh, messi leaves that's a whole nother talking point but uh it was good to see aguero get a win Absolutely, dude. And I saw just a wonderful post and it was uh, Messi and Aguero arm around each other, holding up their Copa America medals, whatever it was. And then it was them at the 2004 Olympics, you know, same exact pose with their Olympic golds because Olympic soccer is U23. So they Mm -hmm. led the U23 Argentina team to Olympic gold. And it was cool to see that full circle, man. 2004 winning the Olympics. Now, 2021 winning Copa, man. That's that is like a lifetime together winning, and it, it was really cool to see. It was really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. And Argentina's first, I think, national titles or not national, international title since 1993. So yeah. it's been a long time for Argentina. Messi's been around forever too. Been a minute, man. Been a minute, Pat. Before we get into listener questions, I just want to say what our boy Keegan Nutt submitted as a listener question as we round out the soccer conversation. And I quote, 
Not a question, but England blew the Euros. Italy are better, but England blew it so hard, frowny face. And I mean, I I, I can agree with that. England blew it. England blew it. (laughs) Yeah, we can get behind that statement for sure. They are harsh, but they are a perpetual loser in tournaments. They haven't won since 1966. And I feel like every time I watch them in a national tournament that I've been alive, they blow it of some sort. They do something that's just way below expectations this time they made it past my expectations to the final but still ended up blowing it but i think back to you know the tie against the u.s and it was the english papers were like england loses 1-1 to the u.s <laughs> so they it's just they're perpetual losers on the national stage i don't want them to be but they are i want them to be i love watching england lose mostly to watch england fans go crazy but oh man it there's is there's just it too is... many english players i like now and i feel fair. bad that's fair that's fair man all right so listener questions as always joe joe braverman submitting some good listener questions check out his podcast let me speak at let me speak official on ig pat what is the most dysfunctional franchise in sports today this this question could go a million different ways. There's so many. Because you think about just teams that have never won. I mean, I, I feel like all those should qualify. Washington, yeah. as we said, Washington football team is a dysfunctional franchise. I'm thinking about like the Hornets Pelicans franchise. They've never put anything together. I think Sticking the, in the NFL, Pat, I'm yeah. looking also right now, and this is like very recency bias, the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans draft David Carr with their They're first They're very dysfunctional pick. right now. They draft Clowney and trade him for nothing. They trade D-Hop for nothing. They get rid of J.J. Watt. Deshaun Watson has 22 allegations against him. They don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Bill O'Brien was the worst GM in sports history. I mean. Yeah, you got a you- lot more reasons than I did. That's uh, <laughs> They are definitely dysfunctional right now. Just recency bias. Like last couple of years, man, it's like, Texans, what are you doing? Yeah, man? they're not just all the time dysfunctional but for the last you know i would say even like two years since the d hop trade like you mentioned mm-hmm. it's it's just been dysfunction and i don't have any evidence to back this one up but i feel like never once in my life this year and last year they weren't terrible never once in my life have the miami marlins been good at baseball just i know nothing about them but i'm not sure they've ever been good they used to be Florida when they were the Florida Marlins when we were growing up. Right. They actually they had won a World Series Florida. when we were growing up, and they used to be really good. But you know, we're talking twenty years ago. So to your to your credit, for the last twenty years, yeah, they've been a very dysfunctional franchise. And since Jeter came along, even more so. I mean, they had the tragedy with Jose Fernandez. They lost their best pitcher. Um, they got they had to get rid of Giancarlo Stanton. They got rid of Marcelo Zuna. They got rid of Christian Yelich. I mean, we're talking about mvp caliber players and multiple <laughs> they're getting rid of everyone they just they're constant they're basically a farm team for the rest of the mlb it's like who <laughs> wants to pick apart the marlins and just get future stars the brewers get christian yelich marcelo zuna i don't remember where he went off the top of my head possibly the braves um i don't know you're you're it's a good point they frustrate me as a franchise because <laughs> i want them yeah. to succeed because I, I always liked Jose Fernandez. He had the same birthday as me, and it made me like the Marlins. I liked uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Mm. I liked Yelich, and they just they frustrate me. It's been a minute since they've been good, without a doubt. It's been any, a while. Any other teams on that list for you, or let's move on to the that next I can one. think of. I mean, I said Washington, Hornets, Pelicans franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, Sacramento it's, Kings might there's be There's so for many. The yeah, 15. just like teams that are never good enough. You know, there's so many of those. The There's Browns so got out of it. The, the Mariners Browns got out of it. The Mariners yes. are never good. Yeah, it's been a minute <laughs> for them. The Orioles, the Orioles are never. I mean, they made the playoffs. I think you know a couple times in the last ten years, but beyond that, they're terrible every time. Every year, they're terrible. That's just because the best team in baseball is the Boston Red Sox. Pat, come on. Yeah, I mean, the AL East <laughs> is a consistently tough division. I will give the Orioles that, but no excuse. They're dysfunctional, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, I saw this one on IG, man. It was on a page called Hoop Stop Forever. And it was, what is Dirk Nowitzki's one ring more impressive than KD's two rings? 
with Golden State. I got to tell you, I think Dirk's championship is one of the most impressive in basketball history. Yeah. And I think KD's two championships in Golden State are two of the least impressive wins in championship history. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the Dirk's one ring. Like if I had to choose which championships I had won, I would go with Dirk's one over uh, Kevin Durant's two. I would as well, because you look at the teammates, right? We have JJ Barea, uh, Sean Marion, who are good players. But uh, they, did they have Jason, Jason Terry and Tyson Chandler, Jason Kidd, Tyson Chandler? I mean, these are not these are not world beaters. They're good players. They're not world beaters. Jason Kidd was he was getting older. And uh, yeah, I would I would definitely take Dirk Nowitzki's ring that for sure. That was unbelievable that they won that year and against the competition they beat, too. Yeah, without a doubt. Unbelievable. The Wiz- and then you have the Warriors. KD joined them. It's a super team. I, I would definitely say Dirks is more impressive. Yeah, we definitely agree there. Jimmy McQuaid's been submitting a lot of questions. Unfortunately, Jimmy, we already talked about U.S. basketball's back-to-back losses. Nothing good there. But Brett submitted some similar questions. And uh, to follow up, man, is Team USA, one, losing? Is it good for international basketball as a whole? And two, is the rest of the world catching up? You mentioned that a little bit before, Pat. Yeah, competition is healthy, I would say. So I, I think, yes, I think everything in everything competition is necessary. It's never good to see one team blowing out everyone. We don't I, like I love team that team USA is so good. But when was the last time I actually watched an Olympic basketball game? Never, because the U.S. always beats the other team. They're playing by 20 to 30 points. So like the competition is just, it hasn't been stiff. I mean, like I said before, you had Spain and Argentina as the biggest challengers as I was growing up and they had Manu Ginobili and Luis Scola. It's just, yeah, it's good for international basketball. Definitely. And I hope the world continues to catch up as they are slowly, but surely team USA. I think there's still a wide gap as a whole, but it's, it's definitely catching up. Yeah, like I said, um, I think that the U.S. 10th team could still win gold at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. But I also do think the rest of the world is catching up. You're seeing talent from everywhere. You're seeing people with dual citizenship play for other countries. And it's awesome to see, man. And like you said, who wants to see Bayern win every year? Who wants to see PSG win every year? You don't. It's like, of course, we do as U.S. fans, but it's fun watching them lose an exhibition game, you know. This is where you build a little character. This is when you get a little hair on your chest and uh, get a feel for international basketball and the different rules and stuff. So I like it, man. I, I think that I think that it is good for international basketball to see. All right, these guys can be beaten, and now this gives us the confidence to go do the same, even though we're a small country. Absolutely, yeah. I uh, I 100% agree with you. I really hope those teams continue to get better. Man, uh, my boy Vin from work. When are you guys gonna stop sleeping on hockey? We we gave it a headline last week, Pat, didn't we? We gave it a headline. We did. We did give it a headline. It, you know, we kind of brushed by it within forty five seconds, but uh, it's that's okay. We're yeah, we just we're just not hockey guys. And Pat, I don't want to use. I wouldn't this do moment. it any justice if I talked about it. Right. It's like you kind of don't want us talking. About you don't it, want you know me to I mean? talk about hockey. So. Pat, I just want to bring this up, but I don't want to rash on Vin, but he submitted this, and I just happened to see this these statistics. Yep. That in the NHL playoffs, the average game was 924,000 viewers. The Euros in the U.S. averaged 1.36 million. Soccer has passed hockey in the United States. It has The MLS has not passed hockey, but soccer has passed hockey as a whole in the United States. And I think that's pretty cool right now. I that is cool. cool. It'll, it'll be a long time before the MLS passes it. I think maybe eventually it will. It's getting bigger and bigger each year, but yeah, as, as a whole, I mean, that, that's cool. Cause I'm not a hockey guy, but we are soccer guys. So to see soccer grow in the U S cause I want the U S national team to be better. And the only right. way for that to happen is if more kids play soccer and there's a bigger, uh, bigger, talent pool to select from without a doubt without a doubt man all right we got two baseball questions before we wrap the show up who do you think the Sox will trade before the deadline i'm not sure who they're gonna move before the deadline i really hope it's garrett richards if not we just (laughs) cut him but uh i'm hoping that we bring people in apparently we're going to cole hamill's workout i'm hoping that we add some bullpen depth or starting pitching that's what we need but 
honestly, I'm not, I'm not quite sure who the Sox would be looking to move. I love how this team's gelled. I love how they're clicking. And uh, I, I like how we're put together right now, other than the pitching staff. That's the thing, right? I would do anything for better pitching. I mean, Chris <laughs> Sale's going to come back and yes. uh, I really hope yes. he's the same after Tommy John. I really hope because you either come back really good, even better than before, or you come back just significantly mm. worse. So uh, if, is he going to be like Matt Harvey or is he going to be like, uh, I don't know, insert famous pitcher to come back from Tommy John. There's been <laughs> right. a lot. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. We have that going for us, but I really hope we go for a bullpen or something because our bullpen's terrible and our starting rotation is not good. I absolutely agree with you there, man. And another question from Joe Braverman, could Shohei Otani still win the American League MVP even if the Angels miss the playoffs? Normally I would say no because I don't ever want an MVP to be on a team that doesn't make the playoffs. That's just kind of one of those arbitrary rules I follow. But what he's doing is so special. And it is so out of this world. I think he could do it. And also because of the narrative, Pat, this is a narrative based vote a lot of the time. And the fact that Shohei Otani is leading the league in home runs is pitching and winning games. This dude is in the home run derby. Then the next day he's hitting lead off for the American league in the all-star game. And he's starting the game for the American league. It's as a pitcher, it's crazy what he's doing. He's the first Japanese person to ever be in the home run derby. And the first pitcher to ever part- listen to that. He's the first pitcher to participate in the home run derby. It's special. I would love to see him win MVP. I would yeah, love it. It's absolutely a possibility. And I hope he does because Mike Trout's won MVP, what, four times on the same exact team. And they've like never that, made yeah. the playoffs with him. They've just been perpetual losers with the best player in baseball for like eight years on their team. So, uh, yeah, I think Shohei could definitely win and probably should if he continues it. Yeah, without a doubt, man, it would be really fun to see. I mean, he is just such a such an electric player and such a fun personality. It's been great seeing his rise to stardom. I absolutely love it. But Pat, as always, man, time to get on to what we've learned. But first, of course, we have to get a little add in from Book Thinkers. So you guys know, but if you read personal development books, you got to check out Book Thinkers. This company is dedicated to helping you fulfill your life through books. Every single day on Instagram, they're posting. Every week, they post a podcast with a top author. And I'll tell you, this team over at Book Thinkers, their goal is to help you discover new books and new mentors. That way, you can achieve more and live better. The right book can absolutely change your life if you read it at the right time. So please go over to Instagram. That's the most popular platform. Type in Book Thinkers and search Book Thinkers. I just totally flubbed up. But please search Book Thinkers on Instagram. And please go to www.bookthinkers.com to learn about this team and what they're doing more, Pat. But Pat, let's get on to what we've learned, man. What you got? What'd you learn this week? We've done it so many times. I feel like it's a matter of either getting tongue tied or just, like, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> it, it, it's it happens. Like once a week. It happens. I, I could, uh, could just read it, but I want to riff a little, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want it to be the same thing every time. You got to exactly. make it your own, even though you do the same read like every week. So it's kind of tough to make that same ad your own you know, sometimes 29 got, times. That's, right. it's kind of tough. Sometimes I just got to mess up and go into the mic on the podcast. It is yep. what it is guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> but what, but what I've learned anyways, is that MLB all-star weekend is just not the same as it once was. And it actually is the same for all all-star weekends. I mean, NBA all-star weekend when I was growing up, when we were growing up, I feel like it was electric and it hit its peak when like the dunk contest was hitting its peak because that was so fun but now it's not really that fun anymore i don't know if it's because we're grown up or it's just because they just don't bring in the same talent they once did but when like nate robinson and dwight howard were in it that was when it peaked mm. the three-point contest was exciting the all-star game was even exciting and then the same for the mlb which was my main point anyways is that you know the game used to mean something it used to mean home field advantage for the world series which Huge. i liked the jersey Huge. the jerseys used to be better the jerseys are not good this year and they haven't been as great in past years either so there's just a lot a lot to it that's just not exciting to me anymore i don't know about other people but definitely not to me I agree with you. And I think the absence of stars from the events are huge mm-hmm. because there's no Albert Pujols, David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, Ken Griffey Jr. You know, there's none of those guys getting that draw. And uh, it is a shame. It absolutely is a shame. Pat, yeah, it's, I- it's, uh, it's definitely tough. That, that man, what I learned this week is Pat, I've told you, man, I'm trying to get this guy on the podcast, Justin true. And 
he just he has an absolutely absurd story it, it's like i laugh just showing people it but um i've been trying to get him on we've been messaging back and forth we haven't been able to figure out a time my man's in london right now he he has covid this week so he's trying to rest up he can't do any late recordings with us but i just want to let you guys know about my man justin true real quick because i went on his website and i learned some crazy things about this dude pat one i sent it to pat but he is trying to complete America's largest triathlon ever in the fall. Pat, this includes a 50-mile swim from the Bahamas to Miami through the Bermuda Triangle is how they, they market it. And then a 3,000-mile bike ride from Miami to San Diego. And then a 600-mile run from San Diego to San Francisco would be the largest triathlon in, ever done in America. And I was like, okay, like what else has this guy done? This guy is absolutely absurd. He was one of the first four people, he did it with three other people, to walk coast to coast on the island of Madagascar. I don't, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm super it's a cool, for it. cool thing to have done. Not, he, not, I mean, it's an athletic feat, I guess, but they did walk it. But it's just a cool fact of life. He was doing a walk from Egypt to South Africa. So he's going to walk like all of Africa, but it got that's canceled. an athletic feat. But, that's a lot of walking. But because of COVID, they had to cut it short because of travel restrictions. So he's planning oh, on okay. resuming it. And here, here's my favorite one, Pat. 26.2 mile. He did a full marathon pulling a car. What? <laughs> that's unbelievable. 26.2 just pulling absolutely unbelievable i mean i can here i am over here like just it's just putting me to shame honestly that's the fact that humans can do this type of thing and then i'm just here it's well Pat, it's i will say absurd. he is 6'4 225 so he has that advantage over us you know he's a big yeah dude. but that's not even good for like cardio though that's you know that's not even True. that's not even the best for cardio it's i should have better cardio than him if i was in shape so the fact that he's doing that is unbelievable. I mean, that helps for pulling a car. That's for sure. Well, you see why I want to talk to this guy now. I just want to get inside his head for 20 minutes and get him on the pod and hear what he has to say. Cause yeah, this I would is love unbelievable, to have him on. Man. This is and unbelievable. Truly, truly. I would love to know what it takes to even do something like that, man. It'll be fun to talk to him. Hopefully that'll be in the next couple of weeks. We can schedule a time. Like I said, he's in London right now. So, you mm -hmm. know, little, little communication issue there but it's all good man it's all good pat you got anything else are we wrapping this thing up no i hope we can uh, i hope we can adjust for that i think it's like five or six hour difference so hopefully uh, we can adjust for that with a uh, with our guy justin true unless does he uh does he live in london or does he I, so honestly i'm not sure i messaged him and i said like hey we're both from massachusetts we're eastern time zone he's like i'm in london so it's five hour different and uh he he said normally he'd be down for that 11 p.m recording but uh he said that with covid he's like i gotta rest up man yeah you said, can't be doing we'll that when you're healthy especially if you're doing yeah, things well, like that <laughs> right we're, we're gonna let him get healthy we'll get him on the pod man pat time to land this plane and this podcast man it's been fun and uh episode 29 like of the that. books already yeah dude, i like gotta, that you know start start coming up with some corny things to say yeah episode 29 though i i do uh i can't believe it so we'll be a big 30 next week we will. We will. We'll, we'll be celebrating, man. And uh, it's been fun as always. Please do anything you can to share the message of this podcast. Share it with that one friend who listens to sports podcasts or likes sports that doesn't know about it. Please like our posts, comment, subscribe, leave reviews, do anything you can, as long as it's nice and positive. Don't do anything mean. No, nothing negative. We're a positive podcast here. But uh, it's it's been fun, man. Thank you for spending this hour, hour and a half, whatever it is with us. We do not take your attention or your time for granted. So thank you to all listeners out there, man. It's been fun. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week for episode 30. You are listening Peace. to Right Off the Bus.